Hey, why don't, why don't we do this? Can we all stand to our feet real quick? Can we all stand to our feet? I'm going to read a passage from the Word of God, and I think it's good that we honor God by standing for His Word. Can we do that? Look to the, to the screens, and don't worry about your Bible. Don't worry about your phone. Just read with me as we read through this. It'll set us up for the, for the morning. 1 Samuel chapter 3 says, The boy Samuel served the Lord in Eli's presence. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare, and prophetic visions were not widespread. One day, Eli, whose eyesight was failing, was lying in his usual place. Before the lamp of God had gone out, Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was located. When the Lord called Samuel, and, answered, and Samuel answered, here I am, and he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Eli said, I did not call you, go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Once again, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. And Eli said, I did not call you, go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord because the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Once again, for the third time, the Lord called Samuel. He got up, went to Eli and said, listen, I know you're calling me. What do you want? And Eli understood that the Lord was calling the boy. And he told Samuel, go and lie down. If he calls, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel responded, speak, for your servant is listening. Can we just pray real quick? God, we thank you for who you are. God, we thank you for your word. God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would be with us today, that it would lead us and guide us into all truth that it would reveal what you would like to say to us. Open the eyes of our understanding. Open our ears to hear from you. God, we want to hear from you. We know you're calling. We know you're with us. You, we know you have something you want to say. So Lord, the stance of, of our church today is speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Speak, Lord. We are ready to hear from you you. And if you believe it, in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Go ahead and take a seat. That's good. Hey, could you give it up for the worship team real quick? Come on. Doing an amazing job. Uh, I'm excited. Like Pastor said, Fed Up kicks off tonight. How many youth in the building excited for Fed Up? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty awesome. And we're excited for that and we're ready and we have our friends Chandler Boyce and his friend Dallas with us, and they're going to be speaking to the kids, so we're really grateful that they're here, and it's going to be a really, a really amazing time, and this is what I know. I know that God has something he wants to say to the youth. I know that God has a word for them, a word in season for wherever they're at right now, and so I believe that this message today in this service will set them up to hear what God has to say to them, but I also know that God has something he wants to say to you. You don't have to be 15 years old going through puberty to hear from God today. God wants to say something to you. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Lately, we've been talking about prayer. How many people's prayer life has changed since we've been on the subject of prayer? Come on. God is showing us how to pray, and 
we've been learning some amazing, amazing things. God wants us to ask him for things in his will. God wants to hear from you. And we know that prayer is the legal means by which God comes into our life and works in us and through us. That without us giving God access, he can't. And so many people don't realize that, you know, to have a prayer request, you have to actually pray that, like, out of your mouth. You have to actually, it's not enough just to think fun thoughts. It's not enough just to think, oh, man, I wish God would do this. No, we have to actually pray it. If you want your prayers answered, you have to actually pray them. God wants to increase the prayer life of this house, and I believe that with all of my heart. And we've been learning about prayer, and I believe that there's keys to unlock doors in your life that you're trying to get through within the messages of the last couple weeks, and it would do you so much good to go through and re-listen to those on the podcast or watch them on the YouTube channel. God is trying to get us into conversation. Let me say that again. God is trying to get us into conversation. And that's what prayer is about. We have learned that effective prayer is when we take God's word into his presence and we don't leave his presence until we agree with that word. So you might be believing God for healing. You might be believing God for finances. Man, you might believe, be believing God for, for household salvation. And what you have to do, Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ever ask, think, or imagine. But th there's more to that verse. It's according to the power that's in us. That's working in us. So what does that look like? Okay, I'm believing God for healing. Well, it's not enough to come up and get prayed for and then leave and not change anything about your life when you walk out of the doors. To, to take God's word into his presence is to say, okay, God, your word says I was healed by your stripes. Not I'm going to be, not one day it'll happen, but I am healed. So God, I thank you right now that I have healing flowing in my body. And I know it hurts right now, and I know it doesn't look like anything's changed, but God, your word says I am healed. From the top of my head to the soles of my feet, God, your healing power is working on the inside of me. And I thank you that no word from God has ever failed. So it will not fail now that I know I can have what I ask because you hear me when I ask. That is taking God's word into his presence and not leaving until you're in agreement with that word. That is effective prayer. And every day you take that word and you go into his presence, you get, God, I believe. And sometimes the pain's going to come and you say, it hurts, but God, your word says I'm healed. Right. Your word says I'm whole. Amen. Nothing missing, nothing broken. That's effective prayer, and God wants you to have effective prayer. God wants to hear from you. That's according to the power that works in us. The question you have to ask yourself is, do I have power working in me? Am I distributing power in my circumstance? Am I distributing power into my family? Am I distributing power into my wife? Am I distributing power into my job? Am I distributing power into my church? Am I distributing power? Because it's according to the power that works in us that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask, think, or imagine. The prayer or the power that's in us 
is equated to the prayer that's coming out of us. I pray that our prayers would, you know, we say we're on our way to change the world. And I believe that. It's on our signage. It's, a, it's in our hearts. We're on our way to change the world. But I'm believing that our prayers would change us first. Because I don't want to be a part of a world that's changed, yet I've stayed the same. I believe that God works from the inside out, not the outside in. So our prayers will change us first, and then our prayers will change our city, and then our city will go out into the nation, and then from there on we can go and change the world, but it's from the inside out, not the outside in. We need to increase our prayer life. and We have this verse, 1 John 5, 14 and 15, and it says, this is the confidence we have. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked him for. We know. If we ask according to his will. Don't leave the his will part out. Right? We can't just say, I can have anything I ask and God will do it. Okay? Not like that. It's according to his will. Right? We got to get into his will. And we know that in order to get the will of God, we have, to do, we have to follow the ways of God. In order to find out what the ways of God are, we have to go to the Word of God. And so we know this, that if we have the Word of God and we're following His ways, we have access to His will. So we can say confidently, I know that when I ask according to His will, He hears me. And if I know He hears me, then I know that we can have whatever we ask. We know. We can have whatever we ask. We ask according to his will. Look to your neighbor and say, we know. We've got to be a little more umph than that, you guys. Come on. Look to your neighbor and say, we know. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. We know. We know that God hears us. We know that God hears us when we ask according to his will. But my question for you today is this, we know God hears us, but does he know we hear him? We know God hears when I ask, but does he hear, but do you hear him when he answers? See, we're learning about prayer here, and here's the deal about prayer, it's conversation. It's a two-way street. Yes, we ask, but we also have to listen. See, me and Bree have been married for, we're going on, what, 16, 17 months? And uh, it's been amazing, the best 17 months of my life. And, uh, you know, people ask all the time, how's married life? And I say, it's amazing. I have no complaints. You might ask her, it might be a different story, but for me, no complaints. Complaint-free, living the dream. And although we've mastered many areas of marriage, we've, we've got some things down that we're, man, we're just kicking tail in. There are still a few things that we are working on, few things, little minor things, not, not big things, minor things, uh, like communication, right? Just a little minor thing that we're working through right now and working on communication. And you, you know, like, this is what I've learned. I'm learning, she's learning, that certain phrases and tones mean certain things. And I'm having to learn and unlearn certain phrases and tones. And like, like when I ask Bree, what do you want to eat? And she says, I don't care. 
I have learned that when she says, I don't care, she does not mean, I do not care. She really does care where we go. And I'll say, what do you want to eat? She said, I don't care. I'll say, perfect. I've been feeling Taco Bell lately. And she says, ew, gross. We are not going there. And I said, I thought you didn't care. And she says, I don't care, but we're not going there because it is disgusting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, fine. <laughs> I've been feeling the wings at Outback. Can we go to Outback? She goes, no. You always spend too much money when we go to Outback. We never just get one thing. You have to get so many things. So we're not going to I thought you said you didn't care. She said, I don't care. But we're not going to Taco Bell, and we're not going to Outback. And I'm like, okay, then you just pick where we're going. And she said, I don't care where we go. And it's the cycle, never-ending cycle. All the men in the room said, amen. Amen. <laughs> We're learning conversation here, and she's learning that when I say, she said, what do you want to eat? I say, I don't care. I literally mean, I do not care. You could name any single place, and I will take us there. That is how good I am. I do not care. It's conversation. Two-way street. I say, hey, is everything okay? She says, I'm fine. No, she's not fine. Atomic bombs are about to drop, everybody. She is not okay. And I start thinking about everything I could have done wrong. I start repenting from my childhood sins all the way back, all the way up. What could possibly, she is not okay. And she is learning that when she says, is everything okay? And I say, I'm fine. I literally mean I am fine. I've moved on. I'm not thinking about it anymore. I'm thinking about Outback and the wings that I can get. We are done with it. We are over. <laughs> it's conversation. We're learning. We're learning. And the art of hearing from God is conversation. When we talk about hearing from God, and you might have some picture of what it means to hear from God in your head. And could I just ask that for today we set it aside you might have this picture that when you hear from God, it's so that he can tell you about how mad he is at you and how disappointed he is. And I'm just asking that today we set it aside. Not that he has no reason to be disappointed, because I know God has lots of reasons to be disappointed in me, but we're going to set that aside right now. And I pray that we could just take a minute and learn something new about hearing from God. That God wants us to hear from him. The art of prayer is conversation. The goal of hearing God is conversation. And here's something that we need to know, is that conversation takes time to grow, to mature. See, if me and Bree are having the same conversations after we celebrate our 50th anniversary, something is wrong because we're not growing conversations need to grow. And here's what you need to know about conversation with God. It takes time to learn, to grow into it. The Bible says his ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are higher than ours. And, and here's the deal. It's not God that has to change, okay? It's not like we're waiting on God to mature a little bit to get to our level. No, 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 no. Remember, we need to grow. 
We need to mature. It's an invitation up when God says, my ways are higher. He's saying, come up here to my level. Let me show you what I'm thinking about. Let me show you my ways. It's a growing process. You know, TJ and Paige have little Annie, and little Annie is the best, and she's beginning to say words now, and it's so fun to ask her to say words that sound like other words, and then take a video and send it to her parents and tell them how bad they're doing, because look what she's saying, and, <laughs> and she's growing. But you know what's interesting is we don't expect baby to stay where she's at and us adapt to her level. No, 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 we expect baby to grow and mature to have conversation with dad, right? Baby grows into conversation. We can understand her, but that's not the goal. The goal is that she would grow and learn to talk and hold conversations and say sentences, and that's the goal with us talking and hearing from God, that baby grows. You know who baby in the situation? We're baby, everybody. Look to your neighbor and say, hey, baby. Hey, baby. Yeah, we're baby. We grow. We mature into conversation with God. And here's what you need to know. God wants to converse with you. Let me say that again. God wants to converse with you. He wants you to hear him. He wants you to talk to him. God wants you to hear his voice. Amen. God wants you to hear his voice. I looked at this passage, this story of Samuel, and I think it fits so well with where we're at and learning about prayer. And, but we have to also know that, okay, we're learning how to ask God for things, but we also have to listen, learn how to listen to God for things. Amen. That when we ask, don't you think that God would have a response See, so many of us have talk, 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 and we ask, 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 and yet we never listen to God for a response, and we almost turn God into Santa Claus. We ask for so many things, yet we don't give him any opinion back. We don't let him ask us for things. We don't let him tell us, no, I think this would be better. So we ask, and we ask, and we ask, but we never take time to stop and listen. God is not Santa Claus. He is so much better than Santa Claus. Santa Claus gives you maybe what you asked for. The Bible says God can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ever ask, think, or imagine. God wants us to hear him. And if we keep asking, 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 and we don't take time to stop and listen, I believe that our souls will transition from a place of levelness, our souls will transition from a place of, of healthiness. You know what happens when a river only gives but never receives? The river runs dry. And that's like our souls that if we only give, 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 ask, 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 and never take time to stop and receive, that we will run dry. And it might be the reason why so many of our prayers, we feel like they're never answered. It might be the reason why our spiritual lives feel so dry right now is because we go, 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 but never take time to stop and rest. We give, 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 but we never take time to stop and receive. We ask, but we don't ever take time to stop and listen. And so we come to the text for Samuel chapter 3, 
And it's the story of Samuel. And Samuel is a man who became a, a voice to a nation, a, a prophet for God. And his mother, Hannah, she had a problem having children. She prayed and asked God for a child, and God gave her a son. How many know that when we ask according to his will, we know he hears us? And she gets a son and names him Samuel, and what she realizes is that God has given her a gift, and that if she doesn't turn around and give that gift back to God, that she will use that gift for the wrong purposes. God has given you gifts, given you talents, and we need to realize that God wants those giftings and talents to bring him glory, that the only way we will ever be fulfilled is that the things that God has given us, we turn and let him use them for his will and his good pleasure, and we find our fulfillment in that. So she turns around, and at the age of four, she enrolls him in the church internship program and sends him off to work with the prophet Eli, and once a year, she would go see him, and let me tell you something about the prophet Eli, not such a good guy, not doing so hot, running the temple, and his sons would have sex outside the temple gates, and they would take people and beat them up for their sacrifices that they would bring to God, and they would send messengers and say, hey, uh, Phineas wants that sacrifice. He wants the fat portion of it. And they would say, well, the fat portion of the sacrifice is for God. When that gets burnt off, they can have the remaining because that's what's for the prophet. And they would then beat them up, take what they wanted for themselves. And Eli saw all this and didn't do anything about it. And so Eli's not in such a good spot. And what it means is that Eli... And these people got confused as to what it meant to honor God, and they started to honor themselves and their opinions and their desires. They began to treat God as common. So we get to verse 1 where it says, In those days the word of the Lord was rare. The word of the Lord was rare because they treated the Lord as common. Because they treated the Lord is common, the word of the Lord was rare. And does this not depict our current culture today? That we have wells of information, but we're in a drought for truth. That we are drowning in information, but we're starving for truth. And because we have so much information it makes the truth hard to find because you don't know what's right. You don't know who said what. Where did that come from? And so we have a generation right now that has so much information, they're starving for truth. So the word of the Lord in our generation is rare right now. It's rare to find somebody who has God's voice in their ear. We have so much, and it's not, that, it's not that we don't have access to the Word of God. It's not that we don't have access to truth. You can wake up this morning and have a British man read you the Bible for two hours. We have access to the Word of God. So it's not the access to the Word of God, it's the attitude to the Word of God. It's not the access, it's the attitude. Because we can have access to the word of God, but if we treat God's word as common, it won't have impact in our lives. It's why so many people can come to church and 
sit there like a dead corpse with their arms crossed, mean mug, and then get up and leave. A bad attitude. You know, how many people love what God's doing in their life? And Common. It's why some people in the middle of the salvation invitation can get up and leave because God forbid we don't beat the Baptist to the buffet today, right? Like we got to get there. It's treating the word as common. When the word of the Lord, or when the Lord of the word becomes common, the word of the Lord becomes rare. When the Lord of the word becomes common, the word of the Lord becomes rare. And the first way I believe God is going to speak to us that we hear him is through this. God will speak through his word. God wants to speak to us through his word. And Samuel and Eli are living in a time where their value of God, of who he was and what he said was negotiable. Sounds a lot like today. Who God is and what he says, it's negotiable. It's if that fits my belief system, if that fits how I want to live, and it becomes common. I think sometimes we treat the voice of God as though it was Siri and not our Savior. Isn't it interesting that we only go to God when we need something? The only time we want to hear from God is when we're about to make a major decision in our life. Should I take the job? Should I marry the girl? God, I need to hear your voice. And God is not Siri. The word of the Lord is not a resource. It's a relationship. And God wants to speak to us through his word. And we need to understand that until we treasure the word of God, until we value the word of God, until we hearken the word of God, until we consecrate ourselves, until we take time for the word of God, that the voice of God might stay silent in your life because we need to value, treasure the word of God. The word of God cannot become common in our lives. And we have to be careful that when we read this word, we don't read it as to what we think it means. Well, what does that mean to you? It doesn't matter what it means to you. What matters is what was God saying to his people. When the Spirit inspired the man to write, what was he saying through him? Because that is what the Spirit of God wants to say to you. In your circumstance, in your situation, God will speak to you through his word. Verse 2, it says, one day Eli, whose eyesight was failing, was lying in his room. You know, I've come to realize that we need people in our lives who maybe their eyesight is failing, but they can see things in the spiritual realm. There's, there's people that me and Bree, this is one of the things that we've done as a young married couple, is that we find people that are farther than us, people that have been on the journey, and we begin to value the price they paid to get to where they want to be. See, a lot of us want a quick payday. A lot of us want to be somewhere right now and not have to go through any of the work. But here's what we need to know, that there are people that God has placed in your life who might not have the best eyesight, but have a good spiritual vision of where God is taking and leading them. And we need to keep those people close. Allow them to speak into our lives. Allow them to show us things, where to go, what to do, who to say. It says... Eli, whose eyesight was failing, was lying in his room, and before the lamp of God had gone out, Samuel was lying in the tab down in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was located, and then the Lord called Samuel, and he answered and said, here I am, and he ran to Eli. Here I am, you called me, and Eli said, I didn't call you, go back and lie down. So Samuel went and lied down, and said again, the Lord came and called Samuel, and said, Samuel, and Samuel said, 
oh my gosh, and he gets up and runs to Eli and says, okay, I know you're calling me, what, what do you want? Eli said, I'm not calling you, like, go back and lie down, like, stop waking me up, like, I'm old, like, I need my sleep. And, you know, it's interesting, I think a lot of us think that when God calls Samuel or when he's going to speak to you, that you're going to hear this deep voice from the heavens that's going to shake the room and the mountains tremble, you know, Samuel, you know, it's like this really deep baritone voice, but what's interesting is Samuel didn't hear that. When Samuel heard the Lord called him, it sounded familiar to him. He thinks it's Eli calling him. It wasn't a strange voice to him. It was a familiar voice. So that's why I believe one of the second ways, one of the major ways that God is going to speak to you is through relationships, through people in your life that God has placed there. How many know we need people? We say it all the time, together we are better. And that's not just something fun to say. It's a way of life. It's a stance. We need each other. And Samuel had Eli. See, I think a common concept that we have about the voice of God is that in order for God to speak to us, we have to go to the Holy Land and walk where Jesus walked. And we'll be on the Sea of Galilee and we'll hear a voice from heaven coming down and you'll be able to talk to him day by day and night by night and he'll whisper sweet nothings into your ear. But, but can I just tell you this? I know you probably don't want to hear it because it's really sexy to think that a big voice from heaven's going to come down and talk to you, but it's probably not how it's going to happen. Can I tell you that the voice of God in your life is probably going to come through an Eli? It's probably going to come through someone who's not so perfect. It's probably going to come through someone that's in your life. I have began to notice that sometimes the voice of God sounds like my wife. That sometimes you might realize the voice of God sounds like your kids. Because whoever we put ourselves around the most affects the voice we hear inside our head. That there's people that God's placed in your life. And if you turn off the Eli's in your life, I bet you this, you will not hear the voice of God. Because he speaks through relationships. Can I tell you this, that God has been speaking to you for a long time. And I know it. I know it. I remember one of the first times I heard God's voice. And let me say this, it wasn't, it wasn't something in my ears, it was something in my heart. It, it, was a, it was something that in my heart I felt. And can I tell you, I didn't just get it. Then it took someone older than me, farther than me, to say, hey, this is what that is. This is the Lord calling you. His hand is on your life. You need to follow that. You need to go after that. Because see what, yeah, 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 go ahead. You give it up for that. What I noticed in this passage is that it says that Eli realized it was the Lord calling him and said, go back. And when he calls, answer him and say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. The right contacts will always point you back to the person who has the real power, who has an ability to do something about your situation. <coughs> Go back. 
some of you might be here and saying, I, I might have missed it. I don't know. I, I haven't heard his voice in a while. I don't know. Things are a little dry right now. And can I tell you what's cool is it says he called him a second time and a third time. That God will keep calling until you answer. He'll keep calling until you're ready. See, Eli told Samuel, he said, go back and lie down. And if he calls, answer. It says Samuel went down and lied down in his place. Some of us think that we have to be farther along, that I need more maturity, I need more spiritual, I need, I need more, but can I tell you right now that there's a place God has you right now that is designed specifically for you, and God is trying to talk to you, not in that place over there, but in this place right now. God is calling you. He's speaking to you. And let me set you free from the thought that you have to work to hear God's voice, that you have to do something. No, Samuel had his greatest revelation of God in rest, lying down, not looking for something, not searching for something. Eli didn't tell him, oh no, that was the voice of God. You better go chase it down until you find it. You better hope he doesn't leave. God's not trying to play hide and seek with you. He's not trying to make his voice hard to hear. God wants to talk to you. And until we realize that right here where I'm at now is where God has called me to be, then we get into our place, our position. God will speak to us. But so often we're trying to go somewhere we're not supposed to be. And if we're not in the spot that we're supposed to be, God comes to deliver the mail, but then we're not there to get it. So we think he didn't send it, and therefore we think God is silent. Can I tell you something about the character of God? He is not silent. God wants to speak to you. It's conversation. It's conversation. It goes both ways. You might be here and I don't, know, I don't know what the voice of God sounds like. Maybe you need to get out of the driver's seat of the conversation. Maybe it's time you stop leading the conversation. You know, one of the things I love about going and just hanging out with friends and talking is that neither of us come together with an agenda. It's just conversation. We just talk and whatever comes up, that's the route we go. But yet when we talk to God, we have an agenda. We know exactly where we want the conversation to go. We know exactly what we want him to say to us. How about we stop coming to God with agendas and, and opinions? And how about we start listening and saying, God, here I am. Speak to me. I want to hear your voice. Yes, it's important to pray and ask God for things. But I would challenge you with this. It's more important to hear his voice. Yes. It's more important to get into position to hear his voice. It's not that God wasn't speaking. It's that the people stopped listening. God's speaking. And we need to say, God, we're listening. Would you just stand to your feet with me right now? I think God wants to do some things in our lives. And I think one of the questions we have to ask is, can you say, here I am, to this season? Not where you want to be, not where you wish you were, but right here, right now. Because I believe the only thing God has ever wanted from you was 
all of you. And it wasn't until Samuel made himself available that the word of the Lord became abundant. When Samuel made himself available, the word of the Lord became abundant. Chapter 3, verse 1, it says the word of the Lord was rare. But in chapter 4, verse 1, it says the word of Samuel went to all the nation. When we make ourselves available, his word becomes abundant in our lives. And the people knew that anytime Samuel opened his mouth, it was coming straight from the throne room of heaven. Are you available right now? In your current situation, are you available for God to speak to you? Do you have so many things going on in your life that you can't hear him? So many distractions, so much information. God wants to speak to you. My sheep know my voice. Can I tell you something? That when you hear from God, you'll know it's from Him. When you hear from God, you'll know. The Bible says, I stand at the door and knock, hoping that someone would open and allow me in. And although we use that for new believers and asking Jesus into your heart, the principle is true. God is waiting for you. Some of you here have never made the decision to follow Jesus and Let me tell you, he's waiting for you to open the door to your life so that he can come in and have relationship with you. And yes, that's that's true. But that verse wasn't written to new believers. It was written to believers. Spurgeon said that the reason God is knocking at a door is because he showed up to a door that was supposed to be open, but it's now shut. See, prayer is asking God to come and work in us, but But listening and hearing from God is allowing him to work through us. An open door policy. And some of you have been asking God for things, but you haven't opened the door to your life. You haven't taken a moment to stop and listen. God, what would you say? God, what would you have me do? God, here I am with no agenda, no opinion, just wanting to hear your voice. Because he's a good father. And I know this, that every time he speaks, it's for your good. It's out of love for you. That he would chase down the one and leave the 99. God loves you. He cares about you. And he wants to talk to you. Would you just close your eyes and bow your heads? He will speak. The question is, will we hear? Speak, Lord. We're listening. Wherever you're at, just think about the situation you're in. I believe right now there's people who are going to hear from God for the very first time. Speak, Lord. We're listening. We're standing still in this moment. No agenda. Just wanting to hear your voice. God, I pray that you open the eyes of our understanding, open our ears to hear. God, your word says to incline your ears. Hear that your soul might live. Open your ears right now. God's speaking to you. He wants you to hear his voice.
There's some of you here that he's calling for the very first time. He's saying, I want you. I love you. I need you. You're accepted. You belong. I created you. I've never left you. I'm for you. And there's some of you here that need to make a decision for the first time, maybe the second or third, to enter into real relationship with God. Real relationship, conversation, where it's not just a one-way street, but now we open the door for Him and His will in our lives. There's some of you here that God is calling you for the first time. We want to give you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. If you're here and you've never prayed that prayer, we're not going to call you out. We're not going to embarrass you. We just want to stand with you because there's many people in the room who remember the first time God called. We know what it's like and we cannot wait for the plans of God that he has for you. So with every eye closed and head bowed, if you're here in this room and you need to make that decision your decision, today I'm entering into real relationship with Christ. Would you just lift your hand up for me real quick wherever you're at? Thank you. Is there anybody else? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Just put your hands up wherever you're at. God wants to enter real relationship with you. Is there anybody else? He's calling. He's speaking to you. Thank you. Is there anybody else? He wants to talk to you. He loves you. I want everybody to repeat this after me and say, God, I love you. And I thank you for sending your son to die for me. Today, I make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. Come into my heart. Make me new, make me clean. I choose today to follow you, to hear your voice, to not just be a Christian who asks for things, but to be one who learns and grows into hearing your voice. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, could we do this real quick? Could we give a round of applause to every single person? who made Jesus Christ the Lord of their life. Come on. Heaven is celebrating, so we should celebrate all the more. People are entering into the kingdom of God forever. Come on.